Good afternoon, and welcome to the Embedded Executives Podcast. My name is Rich Ness, and I am the Executive Vice President of Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise, where we talk about everything that is of interest to an embedded developer, hardware, software, and everything in between. Uh, this particular podcast is part three of a three-part series we are hosting with Advantech, with our special guest, Alan Yang, who is the CTO of Advantech. And uh, the first part, we looked at whether the hardware was becoming a commodity in the AI, AIoT system. And then in part two, Alan talked about the problems a developer would face when designing an AIoT system. So here in part three, Alan and I will be looking at the impact that 5G will have on AI, IoT, and AIoT. We're finally seeing a little bit of light at the end of the 5G tunnel. It's mm -hmm. been it's been a year away for five years now, but I think it actually is a year away now. What impact will that have on the artificial intelligence IoT convergence industry? Um, for artificial intelligence, we first of all, we need to classify there are different type of AIs, right? Uh, there, are, there are a class of problems with very clear objective, very clear objectives like uh, playing goals, playing chess. Um, they are rule bounded or autonomous driving. There is clear objective that the neural net uh, computes to optimize. And for this class of uh, problems, we can invest uh, significant amount of computation to optimize the neural net so that the neural net can efficiently compute toward the optimum result without outside data. The key word is without the outside data, as long as they are given clear rules of what is win and what is the lose. No need for outside data, then they can compute for that. It, you know, any board games fall into this category, but then Board games are board games, right? How do you apply them to physical real problems? Physical real problems, then you need to deal with outside data, physical data. Well, we start to look at, all right, how do we use AI to solve real industrial problems? Let's take a few real industrial problems as examples, right? Uh, defect in inspections, right? On the production lines, the operators, Use, your, uh, use their training and their experience to determine whether a product has defects, right? So there is no way for an AI to compute based on rules or based on uh, uh, predefined objectives to determine what is, you know, what is a, 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 a product with, with defect. So then it really needs to get the physical, the data from the physical world, the real world data, and get labeled by the experts and then train the neural net to approximate what the experts would judge based on the real input, right? That's one way. Um, another class of example, if we say look at the, um, the uh, manufacturing production of a continuous process such as petrochemical or uh, plastic, uh, uh, production or steel refinery, 
right? For for this uh, for this uh, processes, um, we again come back to all right. How are the professionals in these brown fields? What are they doing? What are taking up their time and their energy in their profession every day? And if we do, if we check on all these enterprises, they already established a set of automatic machinery, right? And then they have also invested and built up a lot of IT systems, the ERP system, the shop floor system, the advanced uh, scheduling uh, training system. And then we still have a lot of professionals laboring in between these automatic machineries and the IT system. And what are they doing, right? And if you look at the, the activity of, of, of this professional, be it, or even clinicians, you look at x-rays or MRTs or you know, looking at the EKGs of their patients, they use their pre-trained professional education. They use their professional education to build up their pre-trained knowledge. Then they go through a, 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 period of, a period of apprenticeship, right? And then they get put on the spot <laughs> to deal with the real problems. Mm-hmm. They see it, they hear it, they combine. Oops. Sorry about that. They, no problem. They combine the real situation with their training. And what is that? That is exactly what an AI model are actually approximating. So with 5G, it actually opens up the uh, bandwidth, the connectivity, the uh, points of age, uh, the points of age assets, and the uh, degree of how quickly and how frequently we would like to refresh the the data rates from the edge into this cyber cyber world. So 5G is a great enabler of AIoT. IoT, in essence, is just connecting the, 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 the data from physical assets into data lake, into the subsequent AI models, right? And 5G is a big hype to be endowed with this IoT paradigm. And AI is the in my view, is the most effective technology approach toward extracting the value of the huge amount of data we collect from the edge and we continue to collect from the edge to sustain the proven and useful AI systems. Okay. One more for you. Uh, Unfortunately, every conversation we we have to ask a question about the pandemic. Um, but since we are potentially coming out of it, are there practices in place at Advantech um, that you think you'll continue for years? Uh, are the things you've learned based on how you've had to change how you do business? Well, um, pandemic is um, is a <laughs> is a is a tragic for large group of people, and yet. Ironically, um, it created huge demand of some of the technology companies' product. Look, look at Zoom, 
right? Their stock price, like, <laughs> rose by fivefolds. Like, yeah. even that, you know, this couple of days, there were some correction, but still, it's uh, any telecommunication companies, if they don't screw, screw that, pandemic is, uh, ironically, uh, is, uh, has been a boom for, for them. Telecommunication, telepresence, telecontrol, right? Pandemic actually are forcing the entire human civilization to move faster toward that. Um, in some way, uh, remote presence, uh, remote control is actually a good uh, technology options uh, that would uh, offer a way of more economical and more effective and more efficient uh, way of doing things. Uh, the most recent big success of NASA sending the Perseverance rover onto Mars, right? It's, it's, it's a remote control system um, that are working greatly. Pandemic, in a way that, are for, in a way that it is, it's actually forcing all of us to seriously adapt by pressure to adopt remote presence and remote control, right? Because we cannot you know, be physically at the same spot at the same time uh, together due to you know, fear of, 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 of infection. So um, for IoT, it's already uh, offering a technology of, of remote monitoring and remote management in essence, with or without pandemic. And yet pandemic actually are forcing the adoption, the faster adoption of, mm -hmm. of remote monitoring and remote control of, of your physical system, right? So IoT is actually a, a beneficiary of pandemic. And we're seeing more adoption, faster adoption due to pandemic, ironically. We don't like it, but you know, that's the way it is, yep. right? And we feel that even though pandemic definitely will uh, go away, you know, because vaccination uh, is going well, uh, thankfully. And yet, uh, I think our economy would be left with uh, a significantly raised level of remoteness and virtualness. Going forward, there's no way back to what it used to be before a pandemic. Thank you very much, Alan, for spending so much time with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, from your position in the catbird seat, your insights are, are, are invaluable to our audience. So again, that was Alan Yang. He is the CTO of Advantech, and I am Rich Nass with Open Systems Media. Have a great day.